get ready to live fearlessly free with Heather Bunch. Hey everyone, welcome to Live Fearlessly Free. Now I'm wondering, have you ever been afraid to be yourself in front of people? I, I know I have. Uh, I, I call myself a professional hider. And I, I was thinking, how many of you have ever thought you got left holding the empty bag when the talents got handed out? Anybody? Anybody besides me? Maybe you find that fear holds you back from living a life of significance. Now, if you said yes to any or all of those questions, um, I, I seriously am totally with you. I know you can't see it, but I am raising both of my hands right now. And I want to thank you for joining me on the Live Fearlessly Free podcast. I am Heather Bunch, your courageous coach, and I am here to help you stop hiding to start showing up fully yourself and fulfill your God-given purpose and to be able to do that courageously. So the focus of this podcast is going to be on how do you live a courageous life? How do you move past fear and actually do what God's called you to do? How do you show up fully yourself? What does that look like? Now, if you have ever struggled with um, being yourself around people, because um, maybe you were afraid of rejection, this, this podcast, this is for you. If you've ever wanted to fulfill your God-given purpose, and, and maybe even struggling to see, do I have a God-given purpose? The answer to that question is yes. But, but this, is, this is a place for you. This is where you need to be right now. And for those of you who have ever sat in a sermon and you heard that, that parable of the talents and they gave out the ten and they gave out the five and they gave out the, the one and there was that one that was afraid and he hid it. But you so desperately want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Like, this podcast is for you. Because, my friends, this is, that's, that's me several years ago. I can't tell you how many times I've actually sat in a sermon and cried when I heard that. Because I, I was that person that said, I am the person with one talent. If that, I actually didn't even believe I had one talent. But I still so desperately wanted to live a life of significance. And I sat there thinking, I can't do it. I'm too afraid. I don't have what it takes. I'm not good enough. So I call myself the courageous coach. But as you just heard, it did not start there. Um, No, no, no. So... Let me let me share a little backstory with you. I want to take this episode and I just want to share a little backstory. So you know where I'm coming from. 
and you know where I've been, and maybe you can relate to this. So I am a professional hider, and I am. I actually have the domain on it and everything, professionalhider.com. That is me. That's Heather. And it all started in the fourth grade. Now, in the fourth grade, my parents uh, split up. They separated. And I had the perfect little Christian family. Like, I, I was literally born on Friday and in church on Sunday. That is not an exaggeration. I grew up in church. And in the fourth grade, my parents s- split apart. They walked away from the church And it was the worst, hardest time that I can remember as a kid. And I would sit in my room, be hanging on my, my, my little, uh, I had a canopy bed and I remember holding the post and crying as I hugged this post. And I thought, if only I was good enough, my parents wouldn't be fighting. Because I was in my room hiding as I heard them arguing for the millionth time. And everybody, we all, we all deal with pain in different ways, okay? My, I, ha- I have two brothers. My older brother, he uh, is actually a pastor now. And he went external with his pain. He was mad at the world. He was mad at God. I can't believe my little perfect little family is blowing apart and what happened. And he was so angry and he rebelled. I mean, he, he would cuss my mom out if, and run out the door when she asked him to come to dinner and sit down at the table with us. Like that, that's how bad it got. But he was just angry. Now, my little brother... He saw my my brother's gone most of the time. Dad's gone. He went into protection mode. He saw mom and he was like, I got to protect mama. And so that's how my little brother handled it. Now, for me, this pain that I felt, I went internal with it. I went internal with my pain. And that is when the hiding started. I saw what my mom went through like like my little brother did. I saw what my older brother did and and the pain that it put my mom through and what you know my dad being gone and all of this and I thought if I could just be the good little girl all of this would be okay. And so I started to hide what I needed. I started to hide my opinions. I started to hide my big, loud personality because if that was going to cause my mom pain, I was going to have none of that. I was going to be the good little girl. I was going to make it okay. And so, because for me in that time period, I learned that conflict meant disconnection. It meant separation because that's what I saw. Parents fought. Parents separated. Conflict. Mom and brother fought. Brothers separated. Conflict equals disconnection, separation. And I was going to have none of that. So I did what 
ever was necessary to avoid that. Now, this conflict equals disconnection, this hiding, this this all, um, it showed up again in the sixth grade. Now, my best friend and another friend of uh, my best friend of three years, like she was with me the whole time my parents' separation was going on. Like we were tight. I was at her house. She was at my house. Like we were going to get the same kind of monster trucks, like, which I laugh at now when I think of I wanted a monster truck. But, you know, we were kids. It was cool then. It was back in the 80s. And her and this other girl, they turn on me. And I get the note in class. You know the note. Yeah. We don't want to be your friend anymore. And I was like, oh my gosh, why? I was freaking out. Like, what did I do? Because I'm going to fix it. Because conflict equals disconnection. We're not going to have any of that. So I'm going to fix whatever's wrong with Heather so that we can be friends again. And so I frantically write back, why? What did I do? And they tell me, yeah. We're not going to tell you. And in my little brain, I thought, oh my gosh, am I that bad that you, you can't tell me even what's wrong with me. And I, I went home in tears. I was, I was devastated. And I spent well, actually, I went home in tears and I, I devoured an entire box of Kraft macaroni and cheese. And it was the powdered kind because that is the best one. But I spent so many lonely lunches. And I, I would connect with some other kids on the, you know, they were nice enough to, to include me. But I felt like such an outsider. I didn't belong. And a few weeks later, the girls come back to me and they tell me we're going to be your friend again. I'm like, yay. And of course I take them back because we're not going to have any conflict. And a few weeks later, here comes the note. We don't want to be your friend anymore. Seriously? I can't have the note from the cute boy that's like two rows over that says, I like you. Do you like me? Circle yes or no. Like, that's the note I want. But no, I get the note again that says something is inherently wrong with Heather. That we couldn't possibly be your friend. So, more tears. More lonely lunches. More boxes of Kraft macaroni and cheese. And the next year, I went to a new school. So I got new friends because I wasn't going to go through that again. But what I didn't realize was what that interaction did inside of me. I built walls. I hid even more. When you go through rejections like that, and I know you've probably even been through worse than that, maybe, or something similar. But it changes us because at that point in your life, when you're 11, you don't, know, you don't know how to deal with that. How do you process that? You don't have any strategies and tools and resources in your back pocket to pull out and think, you know what? Those are just hurting people, hurting people. Like we don't understand that. No, it's devastating and it shapes us and it shapes our mindsets and it changes us.
when you go through something like that, it changes your self-esteem. Like my self-esteem, it did not develop properly. And so, so I ended up uh, marrying the first guy that, uh, that liked me. Because you know what? I just wanted connection. Wanted connection so desperately. But I didn't know how to have real connection because I was hiding. I wouldn't let people see my real self. Oh, I, I, I had friends. I was friendly on the outside. Like I looked like I had a great little marriage. But I never let him see the real me. And about five years in, we're having dinner. And he tells me, we're going different directions. And you can either go the direction I'm going or, or not. Um, and, and at that point, we separated. It was, it was actually over a different theology um, he had changed his views on some things, and and I I couldn't I couldn't go with what he was saying. But we separated, and and so I'm I'm cleaning out our little Kansas City home. We're living in Kansas City at the time, and I run into a paper. And it's um, from our counselor because, you know, we tried counseling like, you know, twice because that's going to do a lot of good. So, so those of you that have ever tried counseling a couple times and you're like, it doesn't work. No, you're just not working it because we didn't work it. It, it didn't work because we didn't work it. So uh, it was kind of just a way to, you know, an excuse to say, yeah, we tried that. So I'm reading this uh, paperwork, and it's it's the usual stuff. You know, hey, what's the problem? You know, explain, explain to me what's going on. And so I'm reading, and this was paperwork he filled out. And he said, Heather is manipulative. <laughs> Excuse me? I, I was what? Manipulative? And I was furious. I was so angry. I was so hot. Like I just let him have it. But you know what? It was okay. Cause he wasn't there because remember conflict equals disconnection. So we're, you know, going to stuff that we're not going to have any of that. So I let it, let it out and let him have it. I was so mad. I'm like, are you kidding me? How could he say I am manipulative? Like everything I did was for him. Like I acquiesced to whatever he wanted. Down to what restaurant do you want to go to? I don't know. I don't, I don't really have a preference. Why don't you pick? Because honestly, what would happen is I would say what I wanted. And then he would say, no, nah, I don't feel like that. So I'm like thinking in my head, why am I even telling you? So I stopped telling him. I hid everything. He never saw the real me. See, that's the thing. He never saw the real me. Now, I I knew enough at that point, even though I had poor self-esteem, I knew enough to go to God and and I knew there was two sides to every story. Or I've actually heard it there's three sides to every story. It's um there's your side, there's my side, and there's the truth somewhere in the middle. 
So I go to God and I ask him, you know, God, am I, um, what's my side of the story? Because I want to fix it. Because that's all I can do. I do know enough to know I can't fix him, but I can fix me. Because I don't want to go through this again. I don't want to go through a marriage of five years of absolute, complete loneliness. Even though we're married, we're totally disconnected. I don't want that. So God, show me my part. And he revealed to me about my self-esteem and how I got married just because I was happy someone liked me, you know, and that, that started that journey of self-development, self-awareness, growing my self-esteem, understanding my identity, who God's created me to be, actually learn I have gifts. But then I asked the second part, am I manipulative? You know what he told me? Yeah. Yes, you are manipulative. Whew. Okay. If God says I am, then I must be, right? And, and what I realized was I used manipulation to try to get what I wanted. I never actually told him what I would want. Usually, I usually didn't come right out with it. Um, and so if something different happened and it wasn't what I want, I would actually pout. And that was me trying to get what I wanted because I was too afraid to actually tell him what I wanted. I hid all that part of me. Remember professional hider? That's Heather. We just hid it all. In fact, I was so much a professional hider. Um, my, my former husband, he actually said, why are you so different around your parents? I was different around my parents because I felt safe. I felt safe to be myself. I knew my parents would love me no matter what. So I could, I could have fun. I could be my crazy self. I could do puppet voices. I could let it out. I could be the real me. But I was always afraid of my cool filmmaker husband, who if I was a real me, that he'd reject me, that the real me would cause conflict because it's different from him. And conflict meant disconnection and separation. The irony is that I created the very thing I was afraid of. I was afraid of my being my real self would cause conflict and, and then would cause separation. But in reality, not being my real self caused the conflict and causes a separation. Now, the beautiful thing of this story is it doesn't end there. It's got a, a beautiful happy ending because... God's good like that. And when we give him our lives, our hurts, and we lay it before him, and we're willing to do the work and do the journey to live a courageous life, to be all he's called us to be, to be more than what we've been. My past does not have to dictate my future. Your past does not have to dictate your future. 
God has a call on your life. He has gifts that you've given and people you're called to reach that only you can reach. But you have to be willing to do the work. We can't do it in a state of hiding, of not knowing who we are, of not knowing our identity, of not knowing how loved we are. Now, we don't have to be perfect because there is no such thing. We will never be perfect. Our Father will always be working on us until the day we die. And, And that's the beauty of this journey. So next episode, I'll, I'll continue the story and we're going to unpack, like, how do we live a courageous life and be all God's called us to be? So until next time, live fearlessly free. <laughs>